Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. If you are sensing that my cheeks are burning from smiling so hard, you win the prize today, a donut for you. Because let me tell you, I have on the most amazing woman. She, she's, a, she's just a, a force, a force for good. Her name is Sam McKenna, and many of my listeners probably know Sam, and many listeners probably know of her because she burns it up on social media with all relevant and good information. So Sam McKenna of Hashtag Sam Sales, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Susan. I've been looking forward to this forever. So glad we scheduled it. I am too. Look, she's a busy lady, folks. So I usually don't have to beg my podcast guest to carve out time. They're usually calling me. But in this case, I was like, Sam, come on, carve out some time. And she did. So I'm so excited. Well, I know and love you mightily, as everyone can tell, and people who know us both know why. Um, but for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I have been uh, in sales for the last dozen or so years, both as an individual contributor, as an executive leader uh, at uh, formerly a company called On24, and most recently a company that a few of you may have heard of called LinkedIn, where I ran uh, enterprise sales for their navigator division. And since then, I have launched uh, Hashtag Sam Sales Consulting, which advises uh, companies both in SaaS, the SaaS space that are startups, Series A to Series C, on how to run their companies effectively, and then also uses a lot of my experience to coach uh, everything from sales leaders to SDRs and marketing, demand generation, and everything in between. And I live in DC and have a total love affair with this city. So if ever you meet me or you come to the city and you need some recommendations, I'm your girl. You know, uh, DC is one of my favorite places, and I'll tell you lately, I haven't wanted to go there. I wonder why. Oh. <laughs> anyway, you are what could all it be? That, yeah, you, are, you, Sam, are all that is good and right about Washington, DC. I'll just say that much. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Um, so, you said a lot of stuff that many of our listeners don't understand. So SaaS, we know what that is. But for those who might not, tell us a little more about, you know, what, what does that mean? Like, who is your perfect client? Yeah, so SaaS, if you've, you've probably seen that acronym, um, capital S and then two little A's and then the capital S again. So software as a service. And so think about all the applications that you use that aren't on your computers, but instead there are things that you subscribe to online. So um, the Zoom that we're using to even record today's podcast is a SaaS platform. So my ideal customer um, in terms of advising is looking at any customer who has um, founded a company, perhaps because they saw a challenge in the marketplace, they saw an opportunity to create a technology platform of some kind to help address that challenge and to sell, they use their network. But now, two, three, four years in, they've hit stagnant growth and they don't quite know why. So are they doing the right things with sales? Are they doing the right things with their contracts and finances? Are they doing the right things with content and marketing, demand generation? That's really where I can come in to advise um, and currently work with, oh gosh, uh, about 10 different clients doing that, which takes up quite a bit of time. Uh, and then on the other side, um, I do quite a bit of coaching. So if your sales team, let's say, um, was at 37% of quota last year for, for their annual number and you don't know why, or you've got some great top performance that you want to be even better. Or you've got leaders who are first-time leaders and they have no idea how to run on one-on-one -on -one meeting. They don't know what to do with data uh, to run their business effectively. They don't know how to inspire, etc. 
that's where I can come in um, and advise, talk about the basics of leadership and to talk about the basics of sales to get everybody on the same page. And folks, she is so, I mean, so inspirational. I would buy dirt from this woman. She is so motivating, so inspirational. She makes you want to be your highest and best, do your best. She, she's like, and teaches you how, doesn't just motivate you and say, yay, she's not just a cheerleader. She actually shows you the steps to success. So, um, and y'all know, I'm totally honest. I've been open, honest, and direct all my life. Some people are not very comfortable with that. Um, but I would not be promoting Sam if I didn't believe that. And I'll tell you, Sam, it sounds to me like you're great for startups. You're also great for established startups. Those have already gotten some funding, but don't know what to do next or how to grow from there. Um, I'll tell you, I didn't think about this before, but I'm, I should give you access to my entire network of folks in Silicon Valley. And um, yeah, I'm sure you're busy out here some, um, much of the time, right? I'm always in the Bay Area. I feel like I'm there once a month, um, which is fantastic, but usually doing some speaking at conferences or doing some influencer work for LinkedIn. But Susan, as general, you're as, as normal, you're overly generous uh, with your time and with your network. So thank you for that. Well, you're most welcome. Everyone who listens to my podcast and you, because you know me personally, um, I believe that if we're going to change the landscape and shift uh, you know, create this paradigm shift for equity in the workplace that we need to be open to sharing contact information and advising, referring, or hiring someone we don't know, you know, let's judge them based on their, um, you know, the requirements of the position, not the nice to haves or, oh, I went to college with him or I know she this, that, and the other. So, that is what I do, and that is why you're here. I want to share Sam McKenna with the world. Um, cool. My world is, you know, what regardless of industry, tech is a big part of it, and selling is a big part of it. I mean, people don't want to, sometimes still don't want to use the word sales, but I have to tell you folks, get over it, because that's what we all do every day. Um, it's not a dirty word, and Sam makes it seem like something you want to do, even those of you who aren't in sales. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to start thinking about it. Um, well, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are. Like, what made you interested in this? What's your background a little bit? I think, you know, I'm probably in the same boat as so many people um, from a sales perspective that I just sort of fell into this. And you know what's interesting is to kind of tie back to your point about sales being a dirty word or sales being a word that, you know, we don't want to use, or gosh, how many law firms do we know that still don't want to use the word sales, right, across the yeah. industry. But I think what's really interesting is that I actually didn't want to get into sales. Um, and one of the first jobs that I was offered, I don't know, maybe four or five years after I graduated college, was a sales job that I turned down. And I said, I don't make cold calls. I don't want to bother people, et cetera. And this company said, no worries, you know, you can be our account manager, just come and help manage existing customers. And I was like, oh, customer service. I know that. I love that, that I can do. And that naturally led to sales, which it's interesting because if you think about truly the true nature of sales, what you are doing is helping somebody solve a problem or a challenge or a need that they have. And I think as soon as I started to look at sales in that way as being a positive force for somebody and a way to solve the challenges that they had, it really changed my perspective on sales. And that's exactly how I run my business my entire life. This should be a service-minded industry. And to give you a little bit of salesiness there, um, on, the, um, on the front of how you run a sales call, one of the very first things that any salesperson does is a discovery call. 
right, where you are asking loads of questions and you're trying to understand what the challenges are of the, the buyer. And what I tell my sales reps every single time is that a discovery call is just that. You are doing discovery. It is not 30 minutes for you to pitch your product or ask two questions and then talk about yourself. Your goal to get on that, when you get on that call, should be to either find out how you can personally solve that person's challenge or you can introduce them to somebody who can do that. And the only way you can do that is by asking enormous amount of questions, doing the right discovery and thinking, how can I help this person? So I fell into sales. And then as soon as I actually started doing sales and thinking about sales as a service minded industry and helping people it really just clicked for me. And that's where I took off. I love that you said that because I feel like in relationship sales or consultative sales or solution selling or, you know, trusted advisor status type of, you know, attempts at that, that you should be catching, not pitching. You should be listening more than you're talking, asking questions and building trust through understanding the client and their situation and what they're trying to achieve. And I love that you said that because that takes all the stink off of sales. I mean, right? you're, you're raising your value in that person's eyes because you're able to solve a problem, help them, you know, face a challenge or overcome a challenge or better yet prevent a problem they didn't even know was going to happen. But you recognize latent needs and you say, you know, if you go this direction, this is what's going to happen. And they're like, oh, let's go the other direction. So I right. think you're very valuable. And I think that um, I call it needs assessment. You call it discovery call. That's very important. It makes it all about the other person. And when you do business with Sam folks, both of you walk away feeling really good about the exchange versus in uh, the old school pushing product, transacting only, not learning about what's important to the other person. One of you walks away feeling icky, right? Not now and not the way Sam sells. So um, <laughs> yeah, Thank you, I love Sarah. it. <laughs> Everybody needs to get a little bit of Sam in their life for sure. Um, <laughs> You've done so much, so much. I mean, you would think you were my age, <laughs> but no. you've done so much in so little time. And I'm so impressed by you. Um, not only are you good at what you do, I mean, you're likable. People want to do work with you. They want to, they trust you. They know that, that if this is a, a long drawn out assignment, it's going to be tough. There are lots of, you know, problems to fix or problems to prevent they want to be able to roll up their sleeves and work with someone they enjoy. And you definitely are that person. Um, you've done so much. Tell us a little bit about your proudest professional accomplishment to date. And I know that there are plenty more to come, but tell us <laughs> so far. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would say um, there's two in, in competition. One being just having launched my, my own business, which being the daughter of two entrepreneurs has always been a dream of mine and something that I've set my sights on. But, you know, I think I'll go back a little bit uh, further. <clears throat> Probably my most, really one of the ones that I'm the most proud of is how I turn myself, you know, kind of, kind of what I talked about at your conference, Susan, how I turn myself into a top performing individual contributor and then leverage that to become a leader. And so why this is so proud for me is one, I'm sure many of you have been or have seen sales people who get really, really great at sales and then they don't get promoted. And why is that? One, maybe they're not cut out for leadership, but two, because once you're really great at sales and you're putting up a lot of numbers, nobody wants to promote you. They want to keep you doing exactly what you're doing, which is performing instead of thinking, okay, I'm getting one X out of you right now. If I put you as a leader, maybe I can get five X out of you. And what I'm really proud of is being able to look at myself and say, okay, 
outside of what I'm doing in terms of being a top performer as an individual contributor in sales, right? Just being responsible for myself and carrying a quota. <clears throat> what can I do to drive value for my organization? And so at On24, I looked at my VP of sales at the time and I said, what are your biggest challenges? He told me, I came up with some programs, things that I could build to actually solve those challenges, right? So it's basically selling in the exact same way, doing discovery and figuring out what challenges you have and how can I solve them? And then what I'm proud of is that I was the first woman at On24 to go from being an individual contributor to ultimately executive leadership. What? And I'm so proud of that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> But you know, what it did when that happened is it opened the door for other female leaders to get promoted. It opened the door for other people to look and see the path to promotion eternally at an organization. And I think anyone can think of that same thing, right? How, how do I kind of set the map, set the path forward and be the one that does this first so you can inspire and show a vision to other people, but then also show an organization how that can be a total success and how, you know, promoting from within can really do wonders in terms of building great morale and then great leadership all around. So you can just add trailblazer to your list of accomplishments. <laughs> I think that's amazing. So whenever I hear a guest say I was the first woman or the only woman or, you know, now they're, you know, paved the path for more women, I have to do a woot woot because that's amazing. And I, I'm, I'm all about that. Equity in the workplace is where, it, you know, progress is not parity, folks. Yes, we're making progress, but we're shooting for parity. Um, you know that you have lots of people that you inspire, and I'm one of those people. I call Sam and say, how do I do this? What do I do with this? Help me solve this problem. <laughs> um, sometimes it's not about the policy or the procedure. It might be about a person. <laughs> I'm like, Sam, what do you do? <laughs> oh, my God, what to do? But um, she's great with help, helping to um, really, in a calm manner, getting a, a bird's eye view of the whole situation and then pinpointing what the real problem is and how to solve it or prevent it. So that's really great. You are an inspirational mentor to me. Um, who has been the inspiration for you or who has mentored you along the way? Well, you know, I'll say what just one thing, one great piece of kudos to you. And I think when I look at the mentees and other people that I've helped advise, what really sets people apart and sets you apart, so specifically, Susan, is that you seek out the advice, one, which is a huge step in the right direction. But then two, it's what you do with the advice that sets you apart from everybody else. So if you are in the shoes of being a mentee right now, right, and we, we all are, no matter how long we've been in our right. careers, right, if you're brand new or you've been, you know, doing this for 35 years, you can all stand to learn something from someone, but what do you do with that advice afterwards? And I always find, just like you, Susan, the most successful people are the ones that take that advice, say, okay, got it. Let me apply it. Let me test out you know, what the advice was. Maybe let me take 90% of this advice and then put 10% spin on my own. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back to that person in a month, in a week, in three months, whatever, and say, okay, I did what you told me. I think I've mastered it. Here's where I am now. What do you think and what can I do as the next step of growth? You know, at my, my very first rep that I ever hired um, was exactly like that. That's what made her so successful. She was fantastic to begin with, but then she said, okay, what next, what next, what next? So I think on my side, and, and I think, you know, a lot of, hopefully a lot of these qualities have led down from this person to me. 
Um, but uh, I'll, I'll reference a gentleman by the name of Lee Hakoen. And Lee is in the Bay Area, just like you, Susan. Uh, and he is the VP of sales <laughs> uh, for the West Coast for a company called Outreach.io. And um, Lee and I actually used to work together at On24. And that's how we got to know each other. And then he became a mentor of mine. Um, what I love about Lee's perspective is it's really, one, he's great at playing devil's advocate. But then two, he's really great at taking the full spectrum of what's going on into consideration. So not just looking at this, you know, piece of, you know, advice that he's giving in an isolated way, but saying, let's think about all the other components of whatever problem it is that you're coming up. Let's look at, you know, the time of year or the nature of what's going on in the business, or is it the end of the quarter or whatever? And all of that stuff comes into play. And it just makes me think and think and think as he gives me the advice, right? To be really resourceful, to be well-rounded, to think, outside of just one little situation. Um, I think the other thing that I would say just from a mentorship perspective and what's so inspiring is that um, Lee also breathes what he, what he talks about, right? So he's not just say, do as I say, he's a do as I doer. Do as I do, I guess. Um, and <laughs> is that even a thing? Um, but being is able to now. <laughs> that's how, that's how powerful right? you are, Sam. It is now. It's a do as Full I do. market. <laughs> um, but you know, just being able to see your their that person's own advice apply to their own life and seeing how that works with them is truly inspiring. And and you know, it builds even more trust to believe the advice that they give you. So let me just note: I love that you had a male mentor. I think you know, and male mentors to women, we need more more of that, more of that, so we can better understand one another, how we communicate differently, how it's not good or bad; it's just different. We need more male sponsors. So right, I love exactly. that you mentioned that. That's awesome. So woot woot to Lee um, if he's listening. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure he does. Awesome. But, you know, you bring up such a great point there too. You know, I think that there's, um, I, uh, I mentioned this to you before, Susan, but I had a, a female colleague of mine once who said, um, I didn't like you because there's only so many accolades to go around for women, for men, and I didn't want the competition. And that can be a whole nother podcast. And you probably remember when I talked about this at your conference that the audience gasped as some of yes. you might have just now on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but I, I think what a great call out to men, right? To also yes. say that this is a, a wrong perception, but it's a perception that's out there, right? And what a great opportunity for you guys to come, you know, kind of lean in, help equalize the playing field and hope show that you know, help show that that, that perception is, is super, super wrong. Um, so you just and wanted to mention part, that real quick. You know, take yeah. part in that conversation. So once a month or so, I host an ally um, podcast. So I, I get the men's perspective from, you know, it, it's not just because you're man, a man doesn't mean you aren't supporting equity in the workplace. There are plenty of men out there who say, bring it on. Let's change what needs changing. Teach yeah. me. Because obviously, you are in your own bubble, you're in your own world. You think like a man, speak like a man, act like a man. You don't realize, hey, there are other ways of thinking, acting, and speaking. Let's learn more about that. So I really love to get shout outs, give shout outs to men who are um, at that table, having that conversation, courageous enough to say, let's change what needs changing or explain what needs explaining and let me be part of all that. So I love that, that you said that, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. not one of the, I had a, I had a managing partner challenge me once that I was giving a keynote and he asked me, he said, well, you know, we have 60, 40, blah, 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 men to women. Um, I have a lot of women in my firm who want to make it 60, 40 women to men. And I said, well, 
I, I know he was dating me. I said, um, well, yeah. it, we as women are saying that's a problem that there are, you know, more men than women doing these things. How can we then later say it's not a problem if the numbers are the same? It's just the pendulum swings the other way. So we don't want to create an equal but opposite problem. Parity is parity. Totally. You got yeah. it. So let me ask you this. I, you know, everybody listens to my podcast. I'm all about lifting women up and not putting them down and, you know, grow <laughs> up ladies. If you're one of the drama <laughs> queens and mean girls, just, I ain't got time for that. So yep. tell me how you advise other women to support women in business. You know, I, I think a couple of things. One, just know that it's part of our responsibility to support each other. It, I really believe that, that it is a responsibility that we carry. Um, I think that the thing you want to think about is I'll, I'll reference back um, a couple of years. There was a new top performer at my company who was up and coming, such a bright shining star, but she hadn't really built the relationships uh, with our North America executive leadership yet. And so she lived in London, was there for our sales kickoff. And I remember just being so impressed with her. And so what I did is I actually took time to walk her around. Uh, I introduced her to our chief marketing officer, our VP of sales, and just said, you should really take a, uh, take a moment to get to know each other. She's wow. so fantastic for this reason. And she's so great. You know, I think she thinks about sales in a different way. Like this is one to keep your eye on. And I think the tremendous value that you can do for somebody else just by one, putting your own great, you know, hopefully great reputation out there to say, I endorse this person. Yeah. But then two, to just help them make a connection uh, with executive leadership, which for her, you know, she was really young, an individual contributor, probably nervous as I'll get out to talk to anybody with a C in front of their title. Um, but this was so great because it offered her a path in without awkwardness, right? And then offered a few things for them to talk about that I had referenced about her. Um, so I would say, you know, think about that, just how you can help leverage somebody and skip level above you or even above your own boss to get introduced to a senior leader. And I'll tell you one other thing to think about. So think about the last time that you looked at one of your girlfriends or somebody in the office that you're close to and you thought, oh, this is so annoying that she does this. Or I wonder if she knows that she does this. Is she even <laughs> self-aware, right? We all think that. One of the things that I love, um, I've got a small group of uh, girlfriends in the legal marketing circle. Um, and one of them is so fabulous about this. She, gave, she even gave me a frame that I'm looking at right now that says empowered women, empower women, right? And that's, yes. I know that is your mantra, Susan. Yes. But the thing that's wonderful about this and one of the kind of rules that we have with each other is that we look out for each other's blind spots and we've committed to saying, you know what? If I have a blind spot and you tell me about it, one, how grateful I am to you. Two, I will try not to be hurt. And three, what a great opportunity for me to grow, right? So just being able to say, hey, um, I noticed that your grammar is not so great. Make sure that <laughs> you spell your there, there, and there's right, because this will look bad for you, et cetera. Or yeah. if you say like, hey, have you ever noticed that you're the first person to speak in a meeting? I've noticed you know, that some people react negatively to that. Maybe listen first and then jump in later. But just being able to offer that feedback to each other supports one another, right? And it's a tough conversation to have because not everybody wants it. But I think if you have a mutually um, agreed upon, like, I really want to grow. So man, if I have a blind spot, call me out. I love that, Sam. I mean, so I, so I've never had a guest say that. That is such a powerful, powerful pact to have with your yeah. posse. Um, 
I know that I'm the first to admit, like I'm a grammar queen. I am all about, but, but I'll tell you what, I'm also a typo queen. So if it doesn't have a typo in it, folks, trust that it did not come from me. Okay, I'm just, I'm just telling you right there, right now. And I'll tell you, I have a, a, a woman in my posse, Gina Rubel, who many of you know, she yeah. is, uh, we have that kind of agreement, looking out for each other, getting our backs. If there's a typo in something, um, I actually sent a test draft out and it said something about combating boas instead of bias and she wrote <laughs> and she's like very cool message but did you mean boas and i was like yeah i did yeah that's exactly what i meant i'm fighting boas <laughs> boas are terrible you know but i love How great that. though she does that i love oh that. yeah so you've got to be secure to sign up for that kind of pact you got to be really one of those women that says hey I want to make change. I want to create change. And sometimes that change has to start with me. I have to be willing to be vulnerable and accept when I make mistakes and have, you know, feedback, positive or negative feedback is a sign of respect. So with, yeah, you know, yeah with well, your posse, that's great. You think about that too, though, that like <clears throat> so many of us want to be better, right? We read articles, we read books, we listen to podcasts, we go and get master's degrees, but we want to be better. But sometimes we're not tackling the things that are pretty obvious or, or foundational things about us. You know, what's interesting too is I had a couple of years ago, I had somebody um, mention to me, they, they were, it was a, a new friend that I had made and they said, you're pretty guarded, you know? And I said, I, I, I am pretty what? guarded. <laughs> it, right? I know. Exactly. Like, what? Right? I was like... <laughs> And I, and I, I said, I was so incredulous and I'm like, gosh, I feel like I'm so open and out there. And I said, tell me, tell me what you mean by that. And she said, well, every time I ask you a question about yourself, you answer it, but then you immediately ask me another question back. And it makes me think that you don't want to tell me about yourself. And I was like, oh, you know, what's so interesting though, is that I've become so hyper aware of trying not to put the focus on me, but really focusing on other people, letting them tell their stories, being really curious about their lives, that I didn't realize that by trying to be positive about that, I was actually making myself look negative and guarded of all things. So just getting that feedback was so eye-opening to me. And it's also made me comfortable just saying like, okay, I can talk about myself for two minutes and then I'll pass it over back to the next person and then we'll balance it out. But what Is a great okay? eye-opening experience. <laughs> Yeah, but is it okay, Sam, for me to disagree with her? Because I think that you have a great way of uh, listening with empathy and not judgment and allowing others to share more about themselves. And as we know, social science has shown that when you allow someone else to tell you about them and to share their story, they walk away loving you. Now, they may not have gotten to know <laughs> you at all, um, but... Yeah. That's generally a positive approach to say, you know, ask questions. I'm, I'm interested in you. I'm curious. In fact, if more people were curious about the other, we'd have far less bigotry in the world. We'd have far less racism and bias. And, you know, curiosity is such a powerful tool. So, I mean, such I mean, a powerful tool. you took the best out of that because that's who you are. But um, I would say that's a quality. <laughs> Well, you know, and to your, to your, right, but to your, to your point too, it's interesting because I, um, I remember the, the night that I met um, my fiance Ryan's friends for the first time. Woo -woo. Love Woo -woo. him. Ryan. Um, <laughs> I'll be so excited. Um, I remember that I, I was walking into a room of, you know, people who all knew each other and I was the new girl. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And by the end of the night, we left. Ryan got a bunch of texts from his friends that were like, oh my gosh, she's so fantastic. Don't let her go, et cetera. And he's like, they loved you. And I'm like, yes, 
However, they don't know anything about me. And here's why, <laughs> because I asked them questions the whole night. I let them talk about themselves the whole night. It was great. I got to know them and they're all wonderful, but they love me because I got, they got to talk about themselves. Exactly. And it's so, it's so funny to your exact point, but That's I do true. think it was still, um, still a good call out for me to think about, you know, do I, do I share maybe enough with myself, even about myself when I meet someone new, you know, I, I strongly believe that you know, I'm here to ask questions. I'm really curious. I want to know about them so that I can help them. Um, but I think it was just a good call out to find a good, happy balance. Even, even yeah. if I can share 10% more than I normally do, I'll probably be in good shape. Gotcha. So I, I, this is partly why I do this podcast. So people out there can, in a way, get to know you better, get to know my guests better. My guests can speak about themselves because I'm asking the questions. They're not just self-promoting. They're answering my questions. So that is one of the goals um, of doing this podcast is shining a light on other women, giving them a voice so that they're heard and respected. Um, and you're very, very respectable, likable, lovable. Uh, I'm super, <laughs> super duper happy for you. I have to shout out best wishes because Sam just got engaged not too long ago to a remarkable man who deserves this remarkable woman. So oh. um, <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if the queen needs a new royal couple, because <laughs> I heard. <laughs> Throw my been, hat in the ring. Yeah, there's been a little shakeup lately. Uh, maybe you should apply <laughs> for the job. But um, what, has been, <laughs> what has been a big challenge and how did you overcome it, Sam? You know, I think, uh, again, just kind of focusing on the, the women angle, the woman angle at work. So um, one of the biggest challenges I had, and again, something I spoke at at your conference, Susan, was um, I had been promised a promotion once uh, at some point in my career, and I was so excited. I, you know, got the got the notice over um, the, a phone call with my boss who said, you know, we're going to promote you and we're going to put you in this prestigious position next year. And I was like, fabulous. Well, come lo and behold, uh, about a month or two after that, um, he unfortunately had to leave the business due to health reasons. And uh, I went to my new boss, who I had no relationship with, and said, by the way, I was promised this promotion. And he said, okay, he's like, let me get to the bottom of this and I'll get back to you. Well, it wasn't until about April um, of the new year that I found out that I wasn't getting the promotion. And it was because of my current performance in the existing year that I was a little bit behind on my quota, actually pretty significantly behind on my quota. Uh, I think I was about 43% of my quota year to date instead of being at a hundred, which is huge. It was a massive setback to me because the leader said, just hit your quota again this year and we can revisit. And I'll just pause there for a second because the learning lesson for me was one, I already did this. I already proved what I could do. And I proved it twice, right? Consistent performance over two years. I've earned this promotion. I deserve this promotion. I'm ready for the next step. But it also taught me that no matter what's given to you, you know, in terms of verbal promises, et cetera, um, you can use that. You can use my experience as a crutch if you'd like to, but use that experience to say, I always need to get it in writing. Anything that's really important you want to get in writing. And that can be you as a leader to your subordinates where you have a really tough conversation, put that in writing. Um, you get promised, you know, a raise, a promotion, something like that, and say, you know what, just in case you get hit by a bus, do you mind if I put this in email? And I'll tell you, if your boss is worth his, his or her weight in, in their promises, they'll say, no problem, because if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I sure as hell want to make sure that you still get promoted, get this raise, et cetera, because you deserved it. That I is think the other, powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Super powerful. Yeah. 
quite, yeah. And this was, this was quite the emotional setback, but you know, like with anything for, for highly motivated individuals, this was also everything that I needed to make sure that I hit quota that year. And then I crushed my goal. And I did just that. I came back from 43% uh, in April, which my God, to climb back from that is really, really tough. Um, I ended up hitting almost 138% of my number. Wow. I hit my quota what first word? above anybody else. Yeah. Um, and got there. So uh, although it was a little bit filled with rage, it also really, really <laughs> motivated me um, to do what I was supposed to do, which maybe that was the intent all along, but alas. <laughs> you know, sometimes rage is a motivator. Um, you know, I'll, I'll remember, <laughs> you know, so this is something I'm thinking about while you're talking and I'm like, gosh, you know, that's, I would be horrified. I mean, so I'm one <laughs> of those people that's a deep feeler. And when something is done to me, um, it takes me a long time to recover and I'm 53 years old and I'm still learning how to let it roll off, you know, or you know, other people <laughs> shake it off. Exactly. Other people, <laughs> none of my business. I can't control them, blah, blah, blah. But it's my mantra because I don't have it down yet. You know, I haven't embraced it fully. I'm working on it, working on it. But another thing I thought about when you were telling your story is not only get it in writing, but this applies in the legal world too. And, and in every industry, every world, if you have a strong relationship with someone who is in a position of power that can afford you, um, you know, new work or a job or a promotion or pay raise or expand the relationship with the firm or whatever, that's awesome. Not only get things in writing with them, but also get to know other power people in that company because, because um, that person may disappear, like you said. Exactly. You know? So what happens if you have one really strong relationship with someone at this company and they leave or get fired or they die or they get hit by the bus, like you said? Um, you know, then you're screwed. So I love that totally. writing and meet as many people. So I wanted to take a minute to talk about your walking this um, protege around to introduce them. That's the same thinking. I think that is so giving and so amazing. Um, yeah. Thank you for doing that. That is a takeaway, folks, right? If you're listening to this podcast, and you have a pen, write that down, take that tip. It may not sound like it's serving you in any way, but it is. When you pay it forward and you help others succeed, the payback is just magnanimous. I mean, you may not even have to ever make an ask. And you know what? You're never, you're showing other people exactly how it's done, right? So if I, if I called her up right now and said, do you remember when I did this for you? She would say, oh my gosh, absolutely. And I probably could say, tell me how you've done it for other people. And she'll tell me how she has, right? Because you're showing, you're showing somebody green, the right thing to do. And even if they're not green, right? Let's say you're the vice president of sales at, I don't know, General Electric or SAP, and you have an opportunity to have a conversation with a C-suite at, at your company, right? Skip level, get ahead, you know, show who you are in advance. I mean, gosh, what, what a benefit for, for you and what a great way for you to say, you know what, this person did this for me. I'm going to make sure to do it for my subordinates to her or to him or one level above him too. So it's, it's just such a great that. training ground. Woot, woot. That's, that deserves <laughs> a woot, woot. Um, when we, uh, we're about to close out, but before we go, I want to ask two more questions. One is, um, well, first of all, you've told the folks on my podcast or who, or who listen a lot of surprising things about you. Um, those of us who know you well aren't surprised by how magnanimous you are and amazing your stories are. And, um, but for those who don't know you, can you tell us something surprising about you? 
Oh gosh. Um, I here's here's the true test of of if somebody's listened to the the end of my podcast and stayed stay with me the whole time here. Um, so I have thirty eight. 38, no, 39, 39 speeding tickets. And that's only <laughs> domestic. That's only domestically. That's not counting oh international. God. I'm surprised you haven't lost your license. I know. Interesting. Well, <laughs> you let's know, talk good, about, yeah, good about thing, an early, go ahead, go ahead. Good thing DC has a great public transit system. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there are, there are some rules that I, I adamantly believe are meant to be broken. And it's not that I'm always, I'm not trying to break the speed limit. Sometimes I just enjoy driving a little faster than I should. So I will um, shamefully say that I've been pulled over at least twice that. Um, but it was, and I've managed to get out of half of those tickets, but um, it was also my best uh, learning education to negotiating. So the reason I still have my license I always went to court. Um, I took my ticket in hand. I tried to argue or talk about, you know, why it was okay that I was doing this or whatever. Um, and so every single time um, I had an opportunity to get in front of a judge, make a pitch, um, negotiate my way in or out of points and a lower fine, et cetera. Um, so yeah. You are uh, amazing. <laughs> That's an incredible Needless to say, heavy foot. <laughs> I think it speaks volumes of your um, sales skills, <laughs> ability to make, that's amazing. Convince the judges. So, so funny. Oh my, I wasn't expecting that at all. Like I'm, like I have tears of, like I'm laughing. <laughs> this is so funny. Um, oh my God, that's awesome. That's awesome. So let me ask you, if people want to reach you, and I know they will, what's the best place, how to, how to do that? How should they reach, how can they reach you? For sure. Uh, you know, LinkedIn is the easiest path if you can't remember anything else other than my name. LinkedIn's the easiest path to get me. Um, I'm on there all the time, constantly posting. Um, I also have a hashtag that I run true to my consulting name and it's hashtag Sam Sales. Pretty easy. Uh, you can find it on there and follow my content. Everything that I post is pretty tangible and tends to get a lot of engagement. So it's great because you'll see a variety of opinions and tactics from other tremendous sales individuals and leaders. Uh, and if you can remember a little bit longer, uh, feel free to send me an email just at samantha.mckenna at gmail.com. Uh, pretty easy to find me there as well. Awesome. I'll put all that into the blog that I write and I'll sync this podcast into that blog, but I'll have your bio, your headshot, any, you know, candid photos with explanations. We want to know Sam outside of work. We want to know what, you know, I, I want to see you in court fighting for this. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> but you know, anything you want to promote, um, I'm going to put in the blog so that people can click on the website, see the blogcast. I'll also share it with social media and uh, you can reshare so that people can find you and have your contact info right in front of them. And we'll put hyperlinks in there, folks, so you can just click to connect. Um, Sam, Thank you so much. I adore you. Thank you for spending a little bit of time. I feel like Wow, my day, this is the greatest way to start my weekend is spending a little time with <laughs> McKenna. Thank you so much, Susan. What a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Have a good day, everybody.